first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Go Bowling at the Glen NASCAR Cup Series race here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race was won by Michael McDowell, who scored his second career win and the fourth win ever for Front Row Motorsports and McDowell's first win since his 2021 Daytona 500 victory. He held off a late charging Chase Elliott for the win. Daniel Suarez rounded out the podium in a race that only featured one caution, which came out on lap two when Joey Logano got into Justin Haley. So very clean race. Great win by Michael McDowell. That's Front Row Motorsports' first win that didn't either come at a drafting track or the fog out race for Chris Busher. So they wiped the field here. Michael McDowell wiped the field. Stevie, what'd you think of that race? I thought the race overall lacked a little bit, but the best cars were up front. So, I mean, how do you really argue with that? Like I would prefer this race over what we had at Indy the last couple of years there, where you know what to expect whatsoever through turn one. I liked the restart zone. I thought it was a great change. And I mean, one caution, and a lot of green flag racing is going to produce, I don't want to say boring racing, but with no tire fall off on a racetrack like that, I mean, it's just going to create cars not being able to pass. So there wasn't a ton of passing. I mean, some fast cars were able to move through the field, but I mean, it was a road course. That's a road course. Like That race right there is what everybody wanted, you know, five of six of um, every single year. And I mean, with this new car, if you're good and your car is good, you're going to run up front on these road courses. It's going to be tough to touch you. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I'd rather have this than the mess we've seen at Indy Road Course the past couple years. Uh, made it nice and predictable. We try to handicap speed, and when the speed wins out, that's a very nice thing. So congrats to Michael McDowell on the win, locking himself into the playoffs we're gonna have an exciting end to the playoff season here as well or you know to the regular season getting into the playoffs here i think it's gonna be very exciting so that is our indie reaction now it's time to look ahead to another road course race that's right the nascar cup series is heading to watkins Glen international so back-to-back road courses watkins Glen is an eight turn just under two and a half mile road course. It was repaved back in 2015. So, you know, there is definitely some tire fall off at the Glen, but it's not a crazy amount. So overall, Stevie, what are we expecting from Watkins Glen? Are we going to see something similar to Indy Road Course or, or something different? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty close to what we saw last weekend. I mean, maybe a few extra cautions than last week, but I mean, a few drivers have already talked about like the extra runoff that they have this week at Watkins Glen should potentially reduce some of the cautions. That's, I mean, that's road course racing, but I mean, I expect the cars that were fast last week to be fast again this week. And 
Yeah, a little bit of tire wear, but not even close to like a Sonoma. So, I mean, going back to what we were talking about last week with low tire wear road courses, I mean, I put this right up there with Indy Road Course and Coda as far as tire wear. So I don't think we'll see a ton of fall off. And I think fast cars that were fast last week will, I mean, come with very close setups. I even heard some teams talking about they'll have the same exact car that they ran last week, this week. So quick turnaround time for the garage and the crew. But I think we'll see very similar type racing this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's going to be pretty similar. You know, there will be certain things that I'll end up talking about in this show that I think could be a little bit different, but overall, very similar. I mean, you have to think Team Trackhouse, for example, is going to be bringing the best equipment possible for Daniel Suarez like they were this past week. And, you know, if he doesn't get the the pit crew doesn't get the air hose stuck underneath his front tire, we may be talking about Daniel Suarez having locked himself into the playoffs instead of Michael McDowell. So we'll see a lot of the same. Could be some small, subtle differences that I think we'll talk about as we get into our picks. But one final question before we, we dive into the picks. What do you make of this playoff picture, Stevie? Because right now, you know, we've got a situation where Bubba Wallace is currently in. But if somebody else outside wins, then Bubba Wallace is out. And then all of a sudden, if we get a new winner at Daytona, it's like Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski fighting in the points to, to see who's the last on it. Very interesting how this playoff situation is kind of shaken up now with McDowell winning this past week. Busher with a couple wins there. He was pretty good on points anyway, but I mean, now absolutely locked in with two wins. So McDowell winning is, I mean, somewhat big because now it's like Suarez is almost in a position where he needs to win. We know Chase probably needs to win. Ty Gibbs probably needs to win. So, I mean, potentially points there because Bubba's not the best on road courses but i mean we still have daytona and we know how good bubba wallace is at daytona so what i think is interesting is we come into this race and like chase elliott we're gonna talk about it i think he's the favorite i mean he opened at like plus 550 and got bet to 350 already like he is the guy that i think a lot of people are expecting to win this race if that happens i mean like you said we're gonna be looking at hey kevin harvick keselowski going to daytona like I think Keselowski would be ahead after this weekend because Harvick's been struggling so much on road courses. Like we might have like a, a Harvick Keselowski points stage battles to try to get points while we're sweating somebody else winning the race. So same um, situation as last year with Blaney and Truex, you know. Oh so yeah, we we may we may just have a a repeat of last year, which would be be pretty crazy. So oh yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But that can only happen if we get a new winner at Watkins Glen that is currently outside the points picture looking in. So that is going to do it for our Watkins Glen preview. It is time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Watkins Glen. We're going to go through four of the eight turns. We'll do half the track, technically eight picks. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, eight turns. So one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So Steve, you're going to kick us off as we take the green flag and make that right-hander into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. Yeah, I'm going to go to Alex Bowman, top 10, plus 105. We're going to talk about it a lot here. There's not a ton of value here to open the week, and I don't know if we'll see a ton of value by Sunday either. I talked about this on Twitter last week saying that, like, there was just nothing I wanted to add last week, and I feel like this might be the same kind of situation. But 
Alex Bowman, top 10 plus 105. He ranks fourth in speed on road courses this season. He top 10 finishes at Coda and Indy Road Course, which are the lower tire wear road courses. He ranks seventh in speed on road courses with the new car. He performs better on these low tire wear road courses. And again, like going back to what we were just talking about with the point situation, Alex Bowman's in a position he needs to win the race. So there's no more racing for points. They're going to be on the strategy that's going to give them the best chance to win this race where, you know, we don't have stage breaks anymore. But right when you get in that fuel window and if you're running well, you pit. You don't care. Like, so I feel like they're going to be on the strategy that they think is the best to have a chance to win this race. Same with Chase Elliott. I don't think they're worried about stage points. I think that Hendrick Motorsports with these two cars, they're going to try to put them on a strategy to win the race. So I like Alec Bowman's top 10 this week. Yeah, I like that as well. Um, My model's pretty high on Alex Bowman. It's lower than the market just because my model's pretty much lower than everything in the whole market. Like you said, it's tough out there this week. So, you know, if I were to have a lean, I would definitely lean towards some Alex Bowman type picks. Speaking of leans, I am going to lean with this pick. It is Kyle Busch plus 120 over Michael McDowell. And the reason I'm just making it a lean here is because these error bars are are still pretty wide, but it's even wider with Michael McDowell. If you listen to Denny Hamlin's podcast, Actions Detrimental, Michael McDowell was a guest on that show. And he said, if they locked themselves into the playoffs, they were planning on bringing a new setup to Watkins Glen to test it out, which would increase his variance. It would increase his upside maybe a little bit if they hit on something, but the upside's already there. So it doesn't really help as much in the win category, but it could increase that downside variance. So fatten that tail on the downside of the distribution. So making that a little less safe because they have the ability to experiment now. They're locked into the playoffs. So if they decide to go that route, it fattens that downside tail from Michael McDowell. By the way, my model already does have Kyle Busch and Michael McDowell pretty much neck and neck. So getting plus money on it when I've got these two guys pretty close to a coin flip, it does favor McDowell a little bit without considering the change. You're still getting value at plus 120 on Kyle Busch. So right now, just a lean for me. I kind of want to see where this goes in practice with Michael McDowell's potential new setup. So Kyle Busch plus 120 over Michael McDowell for my turn one lean. Yeah, I don't hate this. I do think that if you're front row motorsports, you're like, what are you testing after how good you were last week? Just load that car up on the truck, do what you need to do with the engine, and then unload it again at Watkins Glen and go out and try to win a second race. Or throw a paint scheme on there for Todd Gillen and try to get him in the playoffs too. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't know what you would do with McDowell after what you did last week. But yeah, I mean, overall... Kyle Busch has beat McDowell three out of four times this year on road courses. So I don't think this is crazy getting it at plus money. Yeah, there it is. So three out of four on road courses this year. But the one, of course, was the big one last weekend at Indy Road Course for Michael McDowell. All right, that is a turn one. I was leaning on Stevie there in turn one. Stevie, you got a breakaway here into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. What do you got for us in turn two, Stevie? All right, I'm going to pull away a little bit. We got Daniel Suarez, top five, plus 170 at BetMGM. I'm very high on Daniel Suarez this week, just in general. I really wanted better like outright odds on Daniel Suarez this week, but we're just not getting them, which kind of stinks. He's qualified top five in three of the four road courses this season, so I don't know if we'll necessarily get even better odds than what we have right now. Fastest car last week at Indy Road Course was Daniel Suarez. You mentioned the 
the tire hose incident. Like he was the fastest car. McDowell won the race and he was really good, but Michael McDowell had two fastest laps last week. So just to kind of put it in perspective, top five in speed at both of the low tire wear racetracks this season, fourth in speed on the low tire wear tracks with the new car for road courses. So I mean, looking at all the numbers, this seems a little bit nice as far as plus 170. I would like it to be a little bit longer, but it's not going to be. So I'm going to take Daniel Suarez top five at plus 170. Yeah, I like that for sure. You know, Daniel Suarez, I'm very high on this weekend as well. They're going to be bringing the absolute best equipment, Team Trackhouse, and arguably could have won that race at Indy if not for a mistake. So very, very good pick there for Daniel Suarez top five plus 170 at bet MGM for my turn to pick. I'm going to stick with this, not necessarily fading McDowell theme, but knowing they're locked in, knowing they can try some things. They don't have to win. They don't even have to have a great points day because they're not really going to make up any ground in the point standings to get them any extra playoff points. So, you know, maybe if they are really fast, they even end up just going for like stage points. And if an untimely caution that comes, that hurts them. So instead, what I'm going to do for turn two is I'm going to pick the other top Fords. And specifically, I'm going to go with Chris Buescher plus 360. And I'm going to go with Joey Logano at nine to one. Make sure you downsize your bet on Joey Logano there so that if you have a unit on Chris Buescher, you're winning 3.6. And if you do half a unit on Joey Logano, you're winning like 4.5 units, something like that. So control the unit size there. But again, we're just kind of going against this McDowell thing. But both Chris Buescher and Joey Logano are really good at Watkins Glen. Chris Buescher overall at the road courses has been awesome. Arguably the second best forward overall among all the road courses in the next gen era. I would say definitely not just arguably. He's finished top 11 in every single one other than the very first road course race last year. So Chris Buescher plus 360. But then also Joey Logano. He seems to show up at Watkins Glen. He's got a win. He's got multiple podium finishes. He was the top forward last year. You know, I could see if you want to take a different Ford, maybe go an Austin Cindric route or a Chase Briscoe route, but those guys are shorter in price as well. So you have to consider that. But when you consider Joey Logano is either boom or bust at Watkins Glen, the fact that he's boom just means there is a lot of upside there for Joey Logano. So getting that top Ford price nine to one, I think is long enough that it justifies him as well for top Ford at Watkins Glen. Yeah, for what it's worth, I saw you put this on the sheet last night. Busher has moved a four to one in some places. So you um you were on this and it's moving in your direction. So I, I like it. I mean, I'm not very high on Joey Logano, but I'm high on Paul Wolf. Anytime you get a strategy type of race, you have to put Paul Wolf at the top of the board as far as crew chiefs are concerned. You know, just to kind of add in here, you know, McDowell obviously hit on something huge last week. Todd Gillen's 22 to 1, 24 to 1, some places for top forward. Don't mind throwing a little sprinkle on that as well, just because, I mean, when your teammate hits on something that much, they locked in Gillen for next year already. So, like, you know, they're definitely invested in him now where we thought, like, Zane Smith was going to be in this car next year. So I wouldn't be shocked if, like, Todd Gillen's car is set up very close to what McDowell ran last week. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, Todd Gillen was really good here last year, but we do have to remember he jumped on those dry tires earlier than everybody else when we moved from the wet to the dry. So his speed is going to look artificially misleading. And then he uh, only completed 28 of the laps. So it's just going to look like he crushed everybody when uh, there's a, a strategy play and then he didn't have much else race to run after that. So still like him. He's still good here. And I think a sprinkle at 22, 24 to one could be worth it. 
NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Before we move on, now's a great time to talk about first impressions, because you'll want to make a good one. For me, that means taking care of my skin, which I'm doing with the help of our sponsor, Caldera Lab. The Caldera Lab regimen is just three products, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. These products are clinically proven to deliver results. By using the regimen daily, you're using product packed with nature's purest and most potent ingredients to achieve younger looking skin in just 60 days. Start now and you'll look younger before the end of the 2023 racing season. I just started the regimen myself and I can already tell a difference. I know by the time that I turn 40 in just a couple months, I'll be well on my way towards preventing my skin from looking like 100 lap old tires. Just one minute in the morning and at night is all it takes to reduce skin damage caused by aging, weather, and sweating out those green, white, checkered finishes. And just for the Running Hot audience, we have an exclusive offer, their best offer anywhere. Use code RUNNING at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code RUNNING at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. 20% off at calderalab.com with code RUNNING. Those are turns one and two. We got us head into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn 3 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, lead us into Turn 3 here. Looks like you got a, an interesting head-to-head matchup. I do. So, I mean, again, there's not a ton of value this week, so I was looking through everything and just kind of kind of stumbled across this one. Tyler Reddick over Kyle Larson, plus 110. I mean, when you look at this matchup, obviously you're getting the – Kyle Larson won this race last year bump here and Kyle Larson being the favorite in this head to head. This matchup is two to two on road courses this season. Reddick ranks first in speed. Larson's ninth in speed on road courses this year. Reddick also ranks first in speed on road courses with a new car. He's been fast since the beginning of last year. It doesn't matter if it's a Chevy or a Toyota. Struggled at the beginning of Indy road course, but was one of the best guards there towards the end of the race. So 
I mean, he's one of the guys that probably would have benefited from a caution with 10 to go. My model continues to have Reddick as the favorite over Larson in this head-to-head, so getting it at plus money is nice. I mean, you're taking two guys that probably going to competing for a top five, top three potentially, potentially a win. So, I mean, there's very slim margins here, but getting it at plus money where my model has Reddick over Larson, um, I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll I'll disagree with you here, just because my model has Larson comfortably over Reddick, and it's it's interesting. I look at all the different models out there. Some of them have Reddick over Larson. Some of them have Larson over Reddick. So it's one of those things where you're going to have to blend all the different minds and models across the industry and make your own decision here. So for me, that's not a play, but I definitely understand it from your perspective and all the data and, and the model you're looking at. It definitely makes sense. So that's why we always encourage everybody to listen around. Don't just blindly tail Stevie. Don't just blindly tail me, especially don't blindly tail me <laughs> because I like doing some crazy things sometimes. But yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. This is going to be a very interesting head-to-head matchup. I'm looking forward to following this one throughout the week. And who knows, after practice and qualifying, I may jump on it with you if that's the, the direction it's looking here. But for my turn three pick, I'm going to go with the three car. And I'm going to take Austin Dillon for a top 10 at plus 750. I think this is just a bet that I want to make again. I took Austin Dillon top 10 last week, 12 to 1, after he started farther back in the field. But he showed a lot of practice speed. And then in the race at Indy Road Course this past weekend, he actually passed Ryan Blaney for what would have effectively been 12th place on track. Of course, Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin were still on track, but an alternate strategy. So he got up to 14th, but it was really effectively 12th. Then that last pit stop came, and for whatever reason, all three RCR cars fell off. Kyle Busch had some engine issues, but Bertie Kostecki also fell off and had to make an extra pit stop. I think the tire management there just wasn't quite good, and he drove back through the field again. And Austin Dillon didn't end up making an extra pit stop, but he just faded on that last sequence to from what would have effectively been 12th to his 16th place finishing position. But if you get a driver that's showing mid-teens in speed, and then drove up from 26 to 12th at one point in the race last week. That is too long for 12 to one. That's still too long for seven and a half to one. So I'm going to take Austin Dillon seven and a half to one for a top 10 finish. I think Brody was like 11th or 12th in green flag speed last week. Part of it was that extra pit stop, I think helped um, get that extra set of tires. For sure. And, uh, you know, Austin Dillon was top 15 in green flag speed. Kyle Busch was solid until he had the, engine issues which seems to be frustrating him from what we've read this week but yeah i mean austin dillon they're not getting themselves into the playoffs by points so again this is another driver that that final stage or final fuel window kind of opens up your pitting so i feel like you have to play the race as what's the best type of race for me to win this race and like don't even worry where the cautions fall and stuff like that do the racing backwards strategy where you're just trying to win this somehow so yeah i mean i like these guys for aggressiveness on pit road because of just where they're at in points like you know austin you know the rcr team definitely looking towards daytona next week as far as probably their best chance to win but i mean this is the type of race where strategy can play out and you could put yourself in a position to be in the top 10 late and that's all we're kind of hoping for at these numbers Yeah, exactly. So turn three, the three car of Austin Dillon for my pick. And that means we got one more turn left. Turn four, the funsy turn, as uh, I'm going to call it, because Stevie, both you and I have some, some fun picks. So lead us in the turn four here. 
I'm Connor Daly, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. You call it the funsy corn. This is my favorite bet of the week. So we're going to have some fun with it. On BetMGM, you can parlay head-to-heads. So what I did was I did a three-pick parlay head-to-heads where I took Chase Elliott over Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman over Denny Hamlin, and Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace. So again, we've been talking about how we've been struggling to find some value. You're getting this at plus 400. So four to one parlay. Yeah, head-to-head parlays, not my favorite. Parlays in NASCAR, not my favorite thing. But when I'm looking at these head-to-head matchups, right, I have Gibbs well, well ahead of Bubba Wallace just in general. I think Elliott is the favorite to win this race. Larson wrecked him to win the race last year. No chance that's happening again this year, especially with Elliott still looking outside in. Jeff Gordon will have a, a heart attack if, you know, Larson wrecks <laughs> Elliott this week. So I have Elliott way ahead of Larson. I have Gibbs way ahead of Wallace. I think Bowman and Hamlin are very close. But when I'm looking at the stats, my model definitely has Bowman as the favorite. Bowman has beat Hamlin in three or four road courses this year. He's had way more speed on the road courses and on the road courses with less tire wear, even dating back to last year. If we remember, he was competing for a win at Coda last year before that whole thing went down with Chastain, and AJ and him. So I give a slight lean to Bowman over Hamlin, but that's kind of where you're getting the four to one odds yeah. because of how big Gibbs is a favorite because of how big Elliot's a favorite on the sports book. You're getting the odds at four to one because of this Bowman and Hamlin head to head. So I mean, you could easily just bet the Bowman and Hamlin head to head, but let's have some fun, like you said, and, you know, you know, make it the funsy corner. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there. I got massively Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace. So a big favorite there. Agree with you 100% on Elliott over Larson. There's absolutely no chance Larson competes with Chase Elliott for the win. If both of them are, are, are running one, two in the finish, you got to think Larson just kind of lays over. Not on purpose, air quote, but on purpose. And so it really comes down to Bowman versus Hamlin. And I've got him close enough that you're getting plus money on it. Totally fine with that to make it a four to one head to head parlay. For my pick in the funsy corner, I'm not picking something for this race. I'm going to take Christopher Bell to win the NASCAR Cup Series championship at 14 to one. Let's think about this. First of all, Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s in the playoffs. Michael McDowell's in the playoffs. They ain't winning the NASCAR Cup Series championship. So we're already down to like 14 drivers that could realistically contend for the title. Maybe even less than that. I think if Bubba Wallace does find his way in or if we get an outsider from Daytona, you know, Justin Haley wins Daytona, we could be looking at 13 cars that realistically have a shot to compete for the NASCAR Cup Series championship. You can't tell me Christopher Bell is worse than the average car that can actually compete for the championship here. So right now he's fourth in the standings. He's already shown he's one of the best drivers in the whole series. And every single round sets up nicely for him. He should get through the first round, no problem. The second round, of course, has the race he won last year at the Roval. And the third round has Martinsville, where he won. And then Phoenix, short, flat track, should play into his style. And you got to think Christopher Bell will be favored over several other drivers like Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, if they were to get in, even maybe like Joey Logano, uh, those guys running towards the back half of the playoff picture looking in, even Tyler Reddick. So 14 to one, and just way too long for Christopher Bell to win the championship. 
My biggest issue with Christopher Bell right now is his pit crew. And yep. it's cost him two or three wins already this year. Do we see a scenario, and I'm just like hypothetical thinking here, do we see a scenario where Ty Gibbs doesn't make the playoffs and they put the 54 crew on the 20 crew? Because, I mean, Ty Gibbs' pit crew is top three pit crew this year. They have mm-hmm. helped him tremendously, and they've just been phenomenal. So do we see that scenario? Who knows? But, I mean, it just kind of adds some potential value. I saw this, and I was like, man, I really wish that I would have bet Busher. 20 to 1 when it was available because yeah. I was looking at like what the playoffs looked like as far as like tracks and I was like man he can win at Bristol he can win at the Roval he can win at Martinsville I mean he just showed how fast he was on the short flat at Richmond so I think Busher is like the sneaky one but yeah I, I think that Christopher Bell it's all gonna be about pit crew he's had speed all year he's one of the best drivers this year he just pit crew just keeps screwing him really yeah, no, that's exactly the case. But there is that if Ty Gibbs doesn't make it, you absolutely have to think they make some changes for the playoffs because uh why wouldn't you give your driver the best opportunity to win a championship possible? So those are our turn one through four picks. We gotta complete the rest of the lap and there's one really good driver who's completing the lap in here that's gonna take us into victory lane. Who is that, Stevie? We're gonna go for for it a little bit here. We got AJ Allmendinger at seventeen to one to win this race, and it's been a rough go. He was really fast last week, and he was a little off strategy, but he had the most fastest laps. I think he had like twenty seven or thirty percent of the fastest laps last week, and a little of that was off strategy, but. Dude was fast. He needed one caution to get back on the lead lap, got spun out early in that race and just kind of got behind. And that's, I mean, that happened at Watkins Glen last year too. Like it was rainy at the beginning of the race. Austin Sindrick locked up the right front and just slid into AJ and he went to the back. And between everything, like this dude was competing for a win at the end of the race after going to the back at the beginning of the race after getting spun. So AJ is always someone that I'm going to have up on top of my list. And I mean, you got to bring your best stuff. You, yeah. You have a chance at Daytona, but like you have this racetrack circled. You can't point your way in anymore. There's no more of, hey, let's go out and try to, you know, do well in this stage. Like you have to again be on that strategy where we have to win this race. With Michael McDowell winning last week, these guys that were like fringy points guys to potentially get in, and with AJ struggling last week, you have to go out and win this race. So yeah, AJ seventeen to one is where we're at. Um, hopefully, seeing some confetti, and if we get some <laughs> confetti out of AJ Allmendinger and Chase Elliott misses this race as well, Daytona is going to be wild. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Daytona will be absolutely crazy if AJ Allmendinger wins this, or even I mean, even if Chase Elliott wins it, it's still going to be wild just because. You got a bunch of drivers looking to race their way in, and you get you'll have Brad Kozlowski and Kevin Harvick trying to point their way in, if not win their way in as well. So, going to be an interesting Daytona. But yeah, I'm with you on AJ Allmendinger. As far as value this week, if you follow me on Twitter at Rotodoc, you know I tweeted out my my model versus the lines and the opening lines. I was pretty much showing no value since AJ Allmendinger has drifted to seventeen to one out there. Still not quite showing value. I'm at like plus 1725 or somewhere in that neighborhood, but it's about as close as value as we're going to get. The only other values I show right now are Ross Chastain, 60 to 1, and I'm not picking him because of Daniel Suarez. 
And then, you know, right, Suarez needs to potentially win to get into the playoffs. And then the only other value I'm showing is Christopher Bell, who has just recently drifted to 14 to 1. So if I do make a bet, I will probably end up betting Christopher Bell, but AJ Almadinger right there on the cusp for that as well for me. So we're going to go with AJ Almendinger as our victory lane pick simply because Christopher Bell's pit crew may screw him once again. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of Running Hot. Thanks for listening to the Go Bowling at the Glen episode here on Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the crazy Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Stevie, I know we're going to have a ton of bets for that one. Um, we always love bets for that. It's going to be a crazy race. So we're looking forward to that one on behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.